Hey guys, welcome to another episode of MC Anime. MC here, fellow co-host with us today, Leah. How are you doing today, Leah? Um, I'm pretty awesome. I'm back from vacation, so I'm completely refreshed. Uh, so that makes me very happy. So I, I missed a week, but it was it was worth it. I promise. <laughs> yeah, she had to uh, celebrate the independence for off weekend so there you go but yeah you missed some good uh topics like the uh american animation discussion and the uh asian studies gunpowder and fireworks so you actually had some interesting conversations that you missed i wish i could say i feel bad but i was in puerto rico so i i don't (laughs) (laughs) i was i was on the beach most of the time it was really nice but they do sound interesting, so I'll have to check them out because I'm sure you guys really got into it. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> so, especially finding out that the early versions of gunpowder and fireworks was called the fire drug in Chinese history. So that was really interesting. The fire drug? It was called the fire drug because it had early... Uh, pyrotechnics, tectonics, and then uh, alchemists procuring the uh, gunpowder to do the four uses like bombs, fireworks, uh, gun, gun use Very dramatic, guns, though. and uh, rockets slash firecrackers as well. Yeah, that's when you thought um, exploding projectiles couldn't get any more dramatic and uh Attention grabbing. <laughs> they were called um, fire drugs. Yeah. Me. I'm going to start referring to them as that now. I'm like, I need that fire drug. <laughs> we'll see how quickly I get picked out of kid party or something. And every time oh, my someone goodness. else from a new Chinese uh, neighboring country invaded China, they took the they took up the secrets and kept building onto it. So it wasn't until the after. The never quit. Well, also, they they tried to isolate it from sulfur and uh, uh, salt, saltpeter from being imported from the country so that other people didn't have access to it. So, that was, I, that was a really interesting yeah. conversation. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, uh... Today is another essential topic that would be interesting. POV for filming. So, POV stands for point of view. And it's often characterized by first person, second person, third person limited, and third person omniscient. So... When you hear POV or point of view, what do you think of? What do I think of when I hear point of view? Yeah. I think I think of literally that. I think of point of view. I don't have a specific one that I I like lean more towards. Yeah. Um I don't know. Maybe maybe third person. Oh, okay. When it comes to video games. Yeah. Um like the scroll along video games. I do like it when they have a narrator yeah. or whatnot uh, to add a bit of flair to the story. Mm-hmm. But yeah, typically when I hear POV, I'm just wondering 
how it's going to tell the story. True. So what's, and I like when they switch it up. Yeah. But so what's your POV for this subject? What what is my POV? What's your point of view for this particular subject? I don't think I have one. I'm gonna be honest. I think my POV is it's gonna be probably first person. Because gotcha. it's gonna be me talking about it. True. Yeah. But the, granted, I like filmmaking, so True. It'll be a positive POV. True. Individually, we have the first person with us, but we also have the second person point of view for the entire video, so for the podcast. So that's always something to consider when you're considering point of view and how you're portraying point of view in different productions-wise. That is something I can consider, but I don't. But this is why we have you here. <laughs> it is something I could think about, but I don't ever. Oh, it's like, yeah. well, I hope that came out well. <laughs> and then I, did. I go back. I know to it the did. You're like, aha! Uh -huh. I didn't think I'd expect that, but it actually sounds somewhat consistent. <laughs> So, oh, but gosh. is what is your POV? What, my point of view? Hmm. Yeah, what's your point of view? Well, my point of view on this is having the aesthetics of filming, the video editing, making, and production of it, and also seeing how the story is told and analyzing, oh, that's this point of view, and this is how I'm going to analyze it. I mean, that's a pretty, pretty straightforward POV. Yeah. That kind of plays into, yeah, your, your roles and what you're doing. It's also yeah. storytelling. Yeah, so. true. Beautiful. So, well, <laughs> let's talk with first person. So, first person is really interesting. That's the most, that's the personal point of view from the main character. So, it's the I and me, but not the you. So you is second person, so. Well, technically it'd be your point Wait. of view, that'd be first person, but from my perspective, yeah. it'd be second person, so. Yes, but typically in storytelling, if it is first person, it's probably coming from, you're either reading a book, so it's the character, the main protagonist, or whoever's the main character at that time. Yeah. Or if it's some type of visual media, you're looking at it through the eyes of the character or how events are affecting said character. Yeah. And also with first person, you have to keep a note that it's kind of interesting because, you know, it always reminds me of that story. It's like, yeah. I'm always doing this, I do this, this is how my typical day is, and then this is how my typical day falls apart. You know, the, the, you ever have that yeah. character that just gives an entire d monologue about their entire day going wrong? And they say, I, 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 I. Well, yeah, I like, I like, I don't 
combine characters who give exposition because you can kind of do it in first or third person. Usually it works best. Um, and I only like it if it's giving backstory to something that we don't really need to see because it's not that important. Yeah. Um, or just giving context so we can get to the next big thing. But when it's something like they like they're building up to a fight or they're building up to like, oh, and then my friend died during this massive battle, and it's like, but they don't show you the battle; they just say it. I dislike that. Yeah. If it's important, I like it when they show it rather than talk about it. True. Basically, you want to have the flashback scene telling the story of what happened to the second person of view. Because typically flashbacks are either first person or second person, so. Um, yeah, typically that's how it goes. I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of gratuitous flashbacks. At that point, I feel like if your story requires you to tell me so many flashbacks, it's not the storytelling where it's like, it it has different points in the stories that it transitions to and you don't realize until the end how they all actually go in sequence and that can make it fun but when they just do massive flashbacks it's like give it a break just you should have just started in the past (laughs) so we could have got past all of this because if you flashback like every like the shows like in anime where when it comes back from what i guess would be a commercial break and then they do a flashback of a thing that just happened oh i hate that are you talking about so the uh, recap? It's not even a recap. No, it's the same episode. Like, something will happen. Um, oh, yeah. And then, like, I see it in, like, King's Game that I'm watching. And it'll be like, a scene just happened. They'll move to another location. And as they're walking there, the main character is thinking back about what just happened. But then they just replay the same scene as he talks over it. I hate that. <laughs> oh gosh yes and uh i think a really good thing that first person creates in the scheme of things is the personal narrative of the character i think the personal narrative of them telling the story or them observing through their eyes tells a lot I don't really think there is much. It's like a safe bet kind of thing. So t- them them telling the story and then observing it and do their observation is kind of key in some aspects. But typically, movies don't usually have just one type. It it switches between each POV. Yeah. No, that's accurate. I don't mind when it switches from, from POV. I was I would still call it probably first person. I wouldn't switch to like second person or third mm-hmm. um, when they switch character perspective. Um unless there were supposed to be seeing these other characters do something, but we're still in the like mind space of whoever our protagonist is. Yeah. But some stories have multiple protagonists protagonist and I, I'm fine with that oh, I think yeah. that can blend really well oh yeah you know this kind of brings on second person real quick too S- second person is 
he or she telling the story from their lens, but you can you know that they're telling the story. A lot of times, that's how it usually falters off. So someone telling you the story, but it's from their perspective, so you have to listen to their perspective first. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Yeah. Are you are, are you saying like the main It's usually involving you that lets you into your own thoughts and your background that you as the character. So, you know, let's say this, uh, you walked across the bridge, you, you used to say, the second person say you as the reader or the listener would have done. So... And I think uh, a really good use of second person point of view is a public service announcement. That is a very strong medium to tell a second person narrative point of view. What do you think? Hmm. I hadn't thought about that, but yeah. Yeah, that's about right. Because it like, because, really um, resonates. Especially in a story. Let's say you have the main character. They always do first person. But you have this one character. That's talking about you. You as a person need to fight this war. In order to save our country. You are a savior and a protector. You need to do this. You need to strive for the better. For the people that are surrounding you. What kind of message does that like give to you. As the reader or the listener. To what the film or the story is about. I mean, it's highly there to invoke emotion. Yeah. And I think also to progress the story. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, realistically, in storytelling, it's hard to believe that the protagonist is going to constantly come across people who just have all this wealth of knowledge. But having like a PSA go off. When yeah. there is a catastrophe happening, or you know, also newscasting, um, like broadcasting on the news, where they do it rather than it just being an intercom, mm-hmm. and these can help kind of push the story along. Yeah. So it's not centered just on our main character or our main group of people, but it's something that's supposed to be for the whole world in the story building. Yeah. Um, I like those. Oh yeah. I think those are fun. Um, I think sometimes though. It can probably be done better. Sometimes it can be either overly specific. I don't know if you've ever seen those 
where they're like, yeah. I'm like, how do they have all these things? Yeah. <laughs> like they weren't even there. Um, or it could be very vague and that can like impact how well the characters react to things. Um, but I do hate it when it's like, maybe it's a zombie outbreak yeah. and the PSA or the newscasting is like, Hey, zombies. And someone's still like, I don't believe it. Exactly. There's no way. It's like, okay, Susan, you can, you can die. Like, yeah. Everyone's telling you what's going on. Oh yeah. yeah. And you know, it's like, I think the second person narrative, it's like, it's intimate. It, it has a conversation. It merely makes you as if you know the person speaking. It's also inclusive. You know, feelings of trust. Ideal, you know, for persuasive peace. Or telling you something that, like, is directing the story in a specific nature. You're thrown no, into the action and become part of the events yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, if you're like, if you're a friend or confident or even complicit in misdeeds, you can portray them as di- like different uh, roles with second person as well. You can make them accountable. You can try to give attention to the main character, trying to tell them, you need to fix this. You need to stop doing this. It can also be a distraction, too. Very true. Very true. I don't, sometimes I do find um, like the second POV can be just a little yeah. underwhelming if yes. I don't have any connection to the character who's coming. Yeah. Like uh, if it is just someone who's going to give exposition and then they die, that's really common. Yeah. Like they'll pop in, they'll tell the main people what's going on, and then um, I don't know, they'll get like obliterated or juice oh, or yeah. dash, and they're gone. And like, oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, for what you were saying, it can feel unrealistic. If you don't have a clear idea of the reader, it can be useful if you're trying to predict to a specific type of the reader. But you can also seem accusatory and suggest you're looking down on the reader. So, yes, you enjoy m- being immersed in the story, but it's also hard to suspend the disbelief to be completely part of the action. So if you constantly use second person, the problem that you often get is that the the readers or the listeners lose touch with the story. It's very significant into uh, it's more significant to we to gain your attention back to the story. And use important events, but typically, a lot of times, second person is very quick in POV storytelling. It's like one, like two minutes, and it's back to the first or the third person point of view. So, I also feel like that second person 
point of view often gets overlooked. Because not a lot of people only use it as like a transitioning point of view to back to the main point of view. And it kind of people overlook it because it's less important than what the main point of views are. What do you think? I don't know. I mean, I don't think that people have a dislike for second POV or like a lesser preference for it. I just think yeah. it's the least common to use. Like, mm-hmm. if you do third person where you have like a name and um, that can help add like an objective view or subjective. Yeah. And then you can just get like the full view picture which is mm-hmm. like the wide lens angle. And if you do first person POV, that is, you know, more narrowed in, bigger focus, detail. Yeah. But I think for a second person, if it's not done correctly, it, or sometimes it can end up being, you know, when there's side characters that you end up liking yeah. more <laughs> than the main character. That's what I also think about in regards to like second POV, yeah. where you'll have someone come in, but you just don't get enough of them. So you'll end up want either wanting more of that person or kind of wondering, oh, that person was maybe just there for a plot point. Yeah. And the writer didn't know what to do with them afterwards. They just killed them off or got rid of them, sent them off somewhere. Uh-huh. So I think that's all. Oh, yeah. And don't get me wrong. The strengths of second points of view is the, the change of pace. So second person of view is really heavily used into like transitioning but also important story elements that need to be told in a particular point of view that allows the listeners to follow along better I think is what what I'm trying to say they can follow along better at that specific moment and follow and try to be part of the action. But I feel like the strongest moment for a second person is including the reader or the listener in that specific moment. I could, I can, I can agree. Again, I think it's how it, Executed. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I can still agree with that point. So, so that's second person. Uh, yeah. What second person involves and details and kind of plays a potent essential part of the plot in most things, how it's used. I like you as the commander in nature as well. Come on out to uh, your neighborhood food line and shop with us. We'll have everything you need, plus more. That's a way to use second person, but is you using we instead of you. So... Yeah, I guess you could do it as like an advertisement-esque yeah. way. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Hmm. I hadn't thought of it that way. Yeah. Like commercialized wise. But yeah, that that's I guess that is pretty true. But I also think that when I look at like second person POV, I always kinda count them as like the puzzle piece, like that missing puzzle piece, uh, in order to like help the main group along. Um, or they are like kind of like the center focus for whatever portion of the story it is. Yep. It kinda it brings on extra storytelling in a way that's not just using the same plot devices. There are so many uses the second person that you can use. It's very versatile in that medium. Oh, absolutely. But I do think that there is a steady middle ground. Um, yeah. Like, one of my favorite things is watching, I love that movies. Mm-hmm. I like watching them being like, why did you make this decision? <laughs> Going from there. But in a lot of fan movies, the number one thing that you always get is with that second POV when they're like introducing these kind of like on the edge characters who are in there for a moment. They'll give them like lines of exposition or like in lines of exposition about themselves or about a situation that never come up again. So while sometimes you get characters in puzzles, you'll also get characters who are like a puzzles, but to like a different ball. Like they don't, they don't add anything to the story. You learn something about them, and you're just like, okay, cool. Maybe that'll come up later. And it's like, yeah. no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, not, not one. Not a lick. Yeah. Like, oh, yes. You know, my grandmother loved cherry pie, and then that never comes up ever again. We'll see three old ladies. None of them are their grandparents. None of them like pie. And I was like, All right, anyway. Yes. And credit. Second person has that, like, very small moments. Like, it's, like, used that specific time. And then it's not important enough to bring back. So, sure, they did a good second point of view with it. But if it doesn't really get retold or flashback-wise, then it's, uh... There's no point. Yeah. It's unessential. Second, second POV. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's so much that people are like, oh man, I hate when they introduce other characters. I think it's literally like, man, I really hate when they introduce characters of like no substance. Exactly. Like, you know, you guys, you're you're like, oh my god, we really got to get this. It's literally as if um, all the ninjas who fight like Madara, <laughs> one scene in Naruto. Like, the ones who just get wiped out, and you're just like, yeah, imagine all of those people giving you some pointless thing about their life as a backstory, some worthless fact, and then they just get wiped yeah. out, and it means nothing to the story. That would that would drive you crazy. Yeah, and that I'm the Nara clan. Here I am <laughs> to take my visions, and then I'm gone. Soup. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, I think one of the funniest ones that I've seen is... And, like, part, I want to say, like, two or three, I think it's, like, I think it's part three of, like, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, where they have, like, um, like, the three gods from Egypt or whatever. In the beginning of that, they go into, like, a pyramid tomb place in the desert. Um, Yeah. These guys come out, 
and there is a dude who like drove the car or whatever but i call him frank and you learn that he has like a fiance waiting for him he's getting married soon he has dreams of like opening a bakery or something stupid and then they cut him in half like you learn that (laughs) and then they make it seem like it's a reason why the heroes have to stop these gods who are planning on destroying the world they're like oh for frank who we've only known for five minutes and i'm like no (laughs) why did we learn so much about this man in five minutes and he's dead and they never bring him up ever again in the story when the story is over and they win never bring him up Oh, we never see gosh. his fiance outside of the locket. It dry. Oh, it makes me angry. <laughs> it makes True. me so mad. Well, that's also that reminds me of those Shodan type characters, just some random character, and then they do a misdeed, and it, it upsets the main character, and that's the main reason why the main character fights this particular person, and picks a fight with them because they're trying to defend the honor. Of this random person that doesn't get introduced again. No. And I think the best ones are when they don't even give that that character they're going to fight a face. You know, where it's like you just see this brown hair and then their their mouth and then their face is like a grayish W face. And you're just like, where are their eyes? And they're like, yeah, we didn't even bother. Oh, gosh. Just know. They're here for storytelling and, and thickening up our character. That is it. Exactly. I, I dislike it so much. So that's the limitations of uh, second person. Now we have third person point of view limited. So if you thought second person was limited, well, third person limited might just be that exception. So basically... First person narration can provide intimacy. It's also limited by perspective appealings abilities of the character. Third person narration is a more flexible choice for a writer. It allows them to switch between characters' points of views. So for example, instead of I woke up this morning, he woke up that morning after the crash in the bedroom. That can provide very specific moments he woke up and this is what happened so you can actually it basically is a very quick transition from first person to third person really easily when you do he she we us pronouns but you don't know you you're not like as super attached to the character in this way I don't know. I mean, I don't... I really don't mind when we have a narrator who seemingly doesn't Mm -hmm. know much about what's going on in the story. Yeah. I don't don't mind those ones so much. I I think that they help, like, kind of encompass what's going on. And those can be really good if the story that you're watching has a lot going on visually. Yeah. And you're trying to keep up, and it's like, oh, great, so that happened. And you're like, oh, okay, all right, we're on the same page. Yeah. But typically, most time you'll see them know, they'll drop hints that they know more than what they're sharing. Yeah. You know, 
For example, day has dawned cold and gray when the man turned upside from the main Yukon Trail. He climbed to the high earth bank where a little travel trail led east for the pine forest. So when you have that type of storytelling involved, it creates a notion to what's happening. But you also have a really interesting setup to the narration that can just smooth out the plot points. Yes, I would say yes and no. Because, like, I think they can help smooth out the the plot points. Sometimes I think of it as a, like, when you have a narrator who, like, comes in and just kind of recaps what's happened, which you get a lot in anime. Yeah. Um, Like, Dragon (laughs) Dragon Ball Z is great for that. Like, last time on Dragon Ball Z. And you'll be like, oh, okay, these things happen. And then they'll be like, what will happen next to our heroes? They don't give anything else. And I, I do think that the, the main bumps that they'll usually help with is, like, literally just recap. Yeah. And making sure you know where you are in the story. And a third person is more effective in writing than filming, but it does have a use in filming because it's a very good transition point. Between first, second, third, and you know all the other examples, it, I mean, if you have a play type version like documentary, narration is great in that medium specifically because it's telling you everything is happening. As they, as he takes on arms on the battlefield, he is struck down by a pike, and that pike. Has slammed his through his shoulders and now you don't see him ever again. That could provide a strong sense of what's going on, what is happening, and specific details telling you that what you might not see in the B-roll footage. Sometimes narration, they have B-roll footage, but they also just have them listing out what's going on. I mean, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think back to like um, to some shows that I've seen that have done that, and yeah. I, I will say that is one common thing that kind of the um, a narrator will do when they're they're kind of more secluded in regards to the story. Yeah. They'll do quick wrap up, and yeah. and that's those are the ones where I where I said earlier where it's like when you go from POV and then it will just be like Mm -hmm. and they were never seen or heard from again and I'm just like what do you mean what do you mean they fell out alright they fell off that cliff and they just were never seen or heard from again um I think I can digest it more when it comes from a narrator point of view yeah as if it's like like they're literally reading the story to you or they're like the god of that universe rather than when it is the characters themselves and I'm like, well, maybe they weren't seen again, like, to you. Like, maybe yeah. they saw, someone else saw them, but, you know, that is just me being nitpicky. Yeah. And uh, usually third person limited point of view, you also have, well, you have to choose a narrator. When you choose the character, you serve as the main point for any chapter or scene. Uh, hold it to the person who has the most to lose or to learn. 
whichever character is facing the highest stakes, the one who has the most to lose, or also who will be the one to follow closely, thoughts and reactions will carry the most tension for the reader. Watchers tend to identify which characters who are learning, like who they are, and these characters can provide valuable information to the reader. So, when you really think about it, who is going to be your narrator? That is a very key point for Third Person Limited. Who's going to tell the story, and what do they have to lose, what do they have to gain, or what do they learn by being the narrator? Because the narrator can change. He doesn't have to be the same type person all the time. No. And specifically, a narrator does really well with flashbacks as well. Like, a flashback with a narrator is a lot better than trying to do a weird person of view or second person of view of a flashback. Because they're, they're a neutral party. When you have third person limited, they were removed from the from the character and they're just telling what's going on with very they're not they don't have much attachment to the character so they're a third party removed when they tell the story oh yeah I mean they don't they don't do the bias thing yeah um, in regards to what's going on with the character a lot yeah. of time it re- it literally is just them being this is where we're at, this is what's going on, yeah. and then they might, it might be to push you towards a certain emotion, like say if the characters are left on a cliffhanger point, then they'll be like, okay, this is precarious, this is this is dangerous, what's going to happen to our characters, find out next week or yeah. something like that, or we'll have to come back to it. Um, yeah. Or they'll leave certain characters in a precarious situation and switch us back over to someone who's yep. maybe searching for something. Or they're just walking and talking, maybe having a deep conversation, but yep. they're not the ones who are in danger. And so yeah. you're just sitting there and you're like, are we going to go back to that? Yeah. Um, and the narrator, calm as can be. They're not screaming nothing. Yeah. So as we, as we tell the story of our young heroes, they wake up in the morning and they just get up and do sparring for all day for three hours straight. And afterwards, they hunt a boar and get the fire going, and they have a good feast in the late afternoon. You know, when you switch, one thing you want to do is once you have a narrator, switch perspectives. So let's say the the view of an unimportant character. I'm so glad to be here. I have company in, around me. And they're doing, they're waking up in the morning and here I am, generous of their happiness. And if you switch it to like, I don't know, security guard, what are they doing? Why are they here? They need to behave themselves because if not, it's going to cause issues. You need that transitioning point of perspectives because different perspectives actually tell the story better. Um, I don't know. I do think that different perspectives can help move the story along. And it also makes it interesting. So you're yeah. not kind of left with the same flow. It does change up the tempo and the emotions base. But yeah. I wouldn't 
I wouldn't say that having a narrator introduce a character of like little importance or yeah. multiple characters of literal importance makes the story more interesting. If yeah. anything, again, it's just that weird, like, why is there exposition for this yeah. if they don't play an actual role? Oh, yeah. And again, sometimes it's better to show it rather than say yeah. it. The only difference, of course, would be if you are reading a written play and you're getting backstory on what this character is or, yep. you know, what they're about to do and who they are. Or if it is like a book, a poem, a short story, whatever. Yeah. That's the only time I will say like, OK, yeah. it makes sense that you introduce the mailman yeah. <laughs> who we'll never see or hear from again um, or tells us what their emotional state is. Yeah. Well, we might actually just be seeing it. Yeah, and uh, a lot of times, anime specifically, when they introduce the character, they do the name, the powers, where they're from, what they do, they give like that aspect, <laughs> but it's not really narration or third person, it's just infographic. <laughs> so, instead of taking time to explain who they are, they just do a pop-up and say, this is who they are. I was like, well, I guess that's working. But it's just it's like so quick that it's like, well, I don't know what that is. I will say I think a good blend of that. Yeah. Done better in the second version of it. Yeah. But um Suicide Squad was good with that where they yeah. kinda gave you like um a character card, a character sheet. Yeah, they, they do that. where they were from, their mm-hmm. abilities, all of that. So you didn't have to go through their full backstory. Yeah. But they still showed you some stuff of like what they do and why they're in prison. But they did it so quickly in the opening sequence that you were like, there is 17 lines of text. Why are you showing this in three seconds? That was the only downside. So unless you know that character, yeah. you're not going to know what's going on. Yeah. yeah. And then they also had a li- um, what was it? Uh, Olivia Waller mm-hmm. or Walter. Um, whoever Viola Davis plays in the movie, uh, she's the one who's like the warden, and she gives a backstory yep. on what these characters do as you see the card oh, in yeah. their story. And another thing, so with, she played as a narrator. Yeah. Another thing with third person, stick to your point of view. It's very essential because you don't want to change in the middle and then basically lose any narration you want to do. And then an unreliable narrator. When you limit the information on the pay- on the screen, you can to a single point of view. That character might happen to be hiding something from you, or simply doesn't know a point piece of the information. So you can withhold startling information from the reader and generate enthralling plot twists. So this is the I- so of a um, yeah. I'll probably say the closest I can think of off the top of my head, probably yeah. Deadpool. Yeah, would be probably a good unreliable narrator because he's telling you through the story and whatnot. But you're also like, you have two other voices in your in your head, yep. which is fun. But also, that does mean that if memory serves correct, which it probably doesn't, because mm-hmm. he's been, you know, had so much head trauma. We're probably missing something, and this yeah. is where other characters come in for that second POV. To help clarify some things. Yeah. So, as long as your unreliable narrator gets kind of like their just desserts at yeah. some point in the story or corrected, mm-hmm. uh, it can lend to the to whoever, whoever's enjoying your medium yeah. being like, this doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah. Limited might not be the biased narrator. Now, when we get to the third person omniscient, this is where the the, the narrator no, is really attached to the character. So this is where bias can come in as well. Uh, mm-hmm. The third person omniscient point of view, the, the omniscient narrator knows everything about the movie and its characters. This narrator can anyone's can enter anyone's mind, move freely from time, and give the weight of their own opinions and observations as well. Uh, now, it's rare that a narrator is fully omniscient because it's usually just too much for readers to have every character's thoughts in their head at once. So, there is that. Yeah, well, I mean, also sometimes when it comes to the omnipotent narrator, it's not even so much that they're telling you to POV or, like, the feelings and emotions of the character correctly. Like, they'll tell you, they'll be like, yeah, and it was, you know, everybody was really upset with what he'd done. Like, they they can also bend uh, your feelings and reaction to things, even though you just watched it happen. Well, it's actually omniscient. Uh, Because, again... You trust the neighbor. You trust the narrator. Yeah. You're like, well, the narrator must know. Why else would they be saying that? Yeah. It's also not omnipotent, but omniscient is what the it's omniscient. I'm sorry, omniscient. Omnipotent. It's like I think all powerful. Omniscient. Yeah, is that's all powerful. <laughs> oh, you gotta wrong love omni pronouns. Oh gosh, they sound too similar. But yeah. Having the the narrator know mostly everything about the characters kind of provides a I don't know. It's a good telling storytelling mechanism because if the narrator knows what's going to happen, they're not they're not like as shocked as it happens, and they provide context to what they think is going on and they might say, oh, here comes the baffling idiot that always gets into trouble, who never learns from their mistakes, and here they are, once again, creating the same mistake over and over. When do they ever learn? Stuff like that kind of adds to the irony of the character. Oh, for sure. I think my favorite one right now I think my favorite one overall would probably be, um, have you ever played the Stanley Parable? Mm-hmm. Yeah. In that one, you have, you are a guy named Stanley who works in an office. That's one of those jobs where you just press buttons on a screen. Nothing special or unique ever happens to them. Except one day he's in the office, doesn't get any commands and realize he's locked in there alone. And you have this narrator who basically is supposed to be guiding you around but he's also very opinionated and depending on what actions you do, he has, uh, he'll go down a line of dialogue where sometimes he's just insulting you or he'll be like, wow, you, maybe you died and that's why you're not doing this thing I told you to do. Is there anybody else around? And so, and so it gets really, really funny when you have a good narrator who essentially is their own personality. And, they don't usually care about what's going to happen to the characters. They just want to see the story play out. Oh, yeah. And also, I think a good all-knowing narrator in third-person 
omniscient is that that villain who has like these weird book powers and creates a story with the main protagonist and they have to overcome the story while the villain's actually narrating the story. You ever seen that trope? I have. I have indeed. I think that um, I think that's in like, what is it, like Little Misfortune? Yeah. Where the, the narrator, you're like, oh, okay, I'll listen to them. I think they're trying to lead me the right way. But the more that they do, you're like, mm, this feels like you're evil and uh, you're trying to get me killed. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, that's why. Villain. <laughs> it's kind of interesting kind of thing. I mean, I... It was a good way to switch it up. True. Or that, like, that uh, tale where the hero take on the zombies that I just magically created and overcome to save the day. They always are changing what they're going to say, too. So, like, the character has to be, like, really intensive about, like, oh... If this is part of the story, then I can use this story element to defeat you. Yeah. So. I don't know. I I think the all-knowing narrator is really interesting because they're more relatable. Like, I know the unbiased narrator is always an essential part for a story for narration. But, like, sometimes... The best narrator for comedic effect is the one that knows everything. And usually, when you have to pick out, who do you think, which character do you think is the narrator absorbing everything? Because a lot of times, the narrator in the movie is actually a particular character, and you can find evidence to claim. It's this person telling this because this is what they experience. Or the right. sometimes you have the background of who the narrator is and they're already telling the story throughout the process. Yeah, because I I normally don't see ones where the narrator is um, an active character yeah. within the main group. Typically, they're off somewhere in the distance or you yeah. just never see them. They're kind of like a, a voice in the sky. Um, or you actually yeah, see them. You, yeah. Sometimes you actually see them telling the story like uh, the snowman from Rudolph. That's very true as well. I do like the, the storyteller being kind of like a almost like a cutscene. Yeah. Like you come back to them and they're in a secluded place. The characters are never there. And they really don't interact with anyone in the stories, but they yeah. are keeping you along mm-hmm. what's going what's happening. And they also have their own emotions added to it. Oh yeah. You know, we have the perspective to a more godlike or deliberately deliberately authorial persona the comment on the action with the benefit of distance. You're sweeping, you know, the description, setting the plot, establishing the mood, or the atmosphere of a scene. Now, phylogical digressions also serve to develop uh, right to this action of the story as well. 
Now, uh, omniscient storytelling, and point of view, is the oldest and widely toward widely used storytelling devices. A lot of plays would actually use this to to basically tell up the play. It kind of like I mean, it's, yeah. It's really I mean, easy you have to write the narrator the story. as a yeah. character. Yeah. That's just is an added element. Yeah. So granted, I don't remember yeah. many people wanting to be the narrator unless they wanted to be able to act in a play, yeah. but not have to act. <laughs> like they have a lot of lines, but they don't actually have to like emote anything yeah. besides like a very like bolsterous voice. True. That uh, that that was an easy way to get through theater if you had to. Oh yeah. Fun fact. <laughs> if there's ever a narrator position, I'll always volunteer for it because I love reading. I actually like being. I like the narrator has is one of the most lines that have the most saying in what they're saying in the story. I'm sorry, but like if you like to talk a lot, narrator is right up your alley. Like you, the main says character. The man with a podcast. What? I said the says the man with a podcast. Yes, I, I believe one hundred percent that you would be like, oh, I get to talk a lot. Yes. And you don't even really have to audition for it because no one really asked to be the narrator if they're going to do an act. Yeah. No one actually, like, no one's going to argue with you because they don't like being the narrator. Yeah, they're going to be like, yeah, sure, whatever, dude. Here's the microphone. Yeah. They want, because a lot of people like a specific character, so they want to be that specific character instead of the narrator. Absolutely. <laughs> like, oh, I'll be the princess. I'll be the prince. Oh, who wants to be the narrator? I'll be the narrator. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. When was the When was the last time you saw someone get a get an Oscar for for just talking? Unless they're doing voice acting, that doesn't even count either in theater. Um, there's no Tonys to the narrator. Actually, there's a lot of awards for best narrator and. Voices like documentaries. I think Denzel Washington is a really good narrator. There's other ones too. Actually, narrators get paid a lot. I didn't say they did it. I just said that at the Tonys, I'm not gonna see a narrator go up on stage for a like the Tonys are for plays. That's their Oscars. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not seeing narrators like. West Side Story going up there and they're like yeah that guy who sings dance and like did a backflip and a death scene he wasn't the best one here that guy who read read the transitions (laughs) give him all the awards that's what I mean but no narrators do get paid a lot Um, voice actors are very much so needed so yeah if it's I think the most the, the two most common point of views that we have is first person and third person limited. And then omniscient is third and then second person's like last, what can be tied with omniscient because they're not they're very niche relating or very small impact when they use it as a transition.
I think the biggest thing when it comes to having third person is yeah. just how does how do they fit with the story? Yeah. Because if, if you're trying to push an emotion, mm-hmm. even if they are a narrator who has their own personal opinions thrown in there, yeah. sometimes it doesn't fit where you include them. So that's that's also a big hurdle that people have to understand. Not only do you have to understand how first and second person work, but you have yeah. to understand when you should do third person and when it's best to let the characters themselves talk and speak and yep. explain their own feelings. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's uh, usually with narration and third person being applied, there's like an element of narrating the scene and then the character's uh, acting out their own scenes without the narrator. And there is times where you can overly use the narrator and lose impact. But typically those, when you overuse the narrator, is more omniscient. The all-knowing narrator. That's usually when the narrator is more used. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes it's not even that. I don't know if you've ever seen, like, I mean, I think this comes in, like, more amateur or, like, first written books. Yeah. And um, pieces of, like, written literature that need a bit more work. But you'll have it where, like, you're reading. Yeah. And it'll be like, but I don't want to go to the park, said Sally. <laughs> it'll be like, and every time there's a line, it'll say, he said she said and there's no difference there's no fluctuation to it oh i hate that to me that's also like almost narrator-esque where it's just like i don't like that you're constantly saying their name their name shows up 55 times on this page oh yeah every time they talk i don't like that well hmm, that's narrator-esque to the point but what mostly you're describing is second person storytelling so when you don't switch from second post, he said, she said, they said this, stuff like that is second person. Unless it's like the narrator, oh yeah, he said this with great attitude and melancholy in his voice when he went down for the last time when he tripped over the hill. Well, yeah, I'm talking about from a narrator point. I'm not talking about when they just have the two characters yeah. and the thing is basically POV for those characters. I mean, when it's yeah. like, um, I think a good example would probably be like uh, the Wizard of Oz, uh, mm-hmm. where most things are being told from a kind of third person point of view outside of when Dorothy yeah. is talking or when a specific character is talking. Oh, but a lot yeah. of it because it's, they have to explain this magical land yeah. is going to be narrator point of view. But that one's way better done. And the book's actually better than the movie. In my oh, opinion. yeah. And actually, a lot of times, uh, third person is heavily done in books. It's a great medium for third person and third person to tell a story. Okay. And usually first and second person is used when they want direct character dialogue or the experiences of the character changing the point of view. But with movies, third person is not usually used. Well, all right. 
The transition to third person in movies is usually you don't need a narrator to tell what's going on. All you really have to do is show what's going on. So instead of the line, he punched this alien in the face with great force, you can just show him punching the alien and sending it back with great force. See what I mean? So when they do POV for movies, third person is usually as a special role when it happens. So when you initially put third person in a movie, there's a special reason why. Because it's very easy to put the go between second person and third person. I wonder, okay, a group shot. Would that be would that be third person because everyone's doing everything and they're just doing a battle scene? Wouldn't that just be an example of third person? Instead of someone telling what's going on, you see what's going on, but there's not like much first person or second person because it's a title group shot. Um, the only time I would say that would probably be um if they're not actually showing the specific characters that you know fighting. Like yeah. if it, if like you say you came on to a battle scene yeah. and it was mainly like an overview of that fight. Yeah. Uh then I would say maybe that's kind of like third person esque. Yeah. But in a lot of fight scenes that I've seen is like they'll Close switch up. the point of view between different characters. Yeah. That way you see the full scope of the fight and then they'll yeah. have like a wide shot fight. Yeah. Um, a wide shot of the battle, but normally you're gonna you're gonna be in the position of yeah. whatever character it is it's fighting. Yeah. yeah, like yeah, like um, like they do that really well in like The Witcher, where yeah. they'll they'll switch up if there's multiple like awesome characters fighting, they'll switch up whose perspective it's from. Yeah, uh, and I mean normally it's Geralt's, but. You'll you'll switch up and you'll be like, oh snap, they're going through that, and oh they're going through that. Uh, that person is not dead. Okay, yeah. no more POV for them. And you'll just you'll keep hopping around, but very rarely, um, unless they're trying to describe the battle. Yeah. And I think that's more documentary style, where they'll yeah. say like, you know, wh- what the time frame is, like what year, what's been happening before then, and what's happening in yeah. the battle is when you'll get that third person. Yeah. In 1432, a great battle emerged as the army advanced from the mountains and attacked the trolls, and the trolls were defeated, one by one, but the humans had the might to do it all the way against the one-on-one fight with the trolls. Yeah, so So. that's the best way for them to jump into first person Mm -hmm. or second person, because it's really weird to jump into a battle documentary style and they don't tell you who it is. And very rarely are the people fighting with them going to be like, my great Lord Emperor. <laughs> and, like, and give their full name. No one's going to do that. They're not going to be like, who's ruled for the last 15 years with an iron fist. They're not. Yeah. They're just going to say, my Lord or my Emperor. And that or, it's not helpful. I mean, they do have some battles like that. Me, Xavier the Third, will take down this enemy. Rah. <laughs> I mean, I like okay. Usually, battles like that have like a comedic effect 
when they're just telling their name and then yeah, I was gonna say that's, <laughs> that reminds me of like drunk history where like they're yeah. explaining who the person is and then because they're they're drunk when they're doing the reenactment they say their name again and exactly what they're doing yeah those are the only times where I'm like this makes sense <laughs> this <laughs> but yeah that is uh this particular episode for POV for filming uh. Do you have any concluding statements about POV for filming and what we discussed about first person, second person, and third person limited and third person omniscient? Um, I would. The only thing I really can say is check out all these different mediums and how you see storytelling. Yeah. And then try to identify on your own, especially if you're someone who how we had our world building yeah. um, in languages episode. If you really want to know how to tell your story in a very clear way, watch or read and check out different forms of media and yeah. you'll see how that story is told. And it might help you with crafting your own. Um, oh, because yeah. again, you might try and throw in a narrator when it's better to just have the characters go through the actions themselves. Or if you need some exposition and you don't want to write a bunch of wordy dialogue, yeah. you can do second or third um, POV yeah. to really like help push the story along quickly. Oh, yeah. And you'll save yourself some time. Yeah. You know, with that, you know, first person is exposition, them telling their own story. Second person is just basically you observing them. He or she did this. This is what they're doing. This is how they did it. Third person limited is just basically he or she is going about his day without any business. And then suddenly this happens. And they fall down. But they did not know they're going to fall down. They just, oh, they fall down. And then third person omniscient Omniscient is, oh, the person fell down. They got what they were. They got what they were. The the person fell down. They got what they were coming to them, because karma is just a bad person in general. Do not mess with them and do not do any bad action before, and resulting in a fall. So there you go. So there you go. With that, this concludes uh, POV for filming. And a uh, special thanks to Leo being uh, my second person point of audience in this case. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> You're very welcome. I don't think I had a choice if I was on the episode, but you are very welcome. I do what I can for the people. Exactly. Please don't forget to subscribe to us on the MCMA Podcast website at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Please be part of the Patreon community with the MC Animators, Anime Polls, proposing series for us to discuss, being a special guest, having custom cover art, all that is included. Please follow us on Patreon, and uh, if not, MC, follow us on social media and mcanimepodcast.com for more content for MC Anime Podcast and MC and Leah. 
being your two hosts for continuous. Bye, guys.